Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. The Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio 855 kilohertz on your AM dial. Hi, I'm Anne, and I would like to pay my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. Each week on The Living Free Show, we discuss recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling and food addictions. Usually our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. But this week we are talking to Kieran Carroll, a playwright from Edith Vale, who has written a play um, called Enough is Enough about problem gambling. And it strikes me that telling stories in drama is another way of highlighting the devastation that addiction can cause. Uh, the play was commissioned by the City of Kingston to examine problem gambling in that community. It's a six-actor work set around a beachside hotel with a pokies room that's open until uh, 5am, so plenty of opportunity for drama there. Uh, welcome, Kieran. Hi, Anne. Thanks so much for having me on the program. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, Kieran, would you, uh, you're a playwright. Can you please tell us how it was that you came to be writing this play about gambling? Yes, yeah, so I, I live down in Edisvale and I've done... Um, a couple of other commission projects for the City of Kingston for uh, community-orientated plays, and uh, they contacted me last year, um, I think mainly as a reaction to some of the terrible statistics that were around City of Kingston in terms of the losses that um, people were, were going through, um, through Pokey's use, and... Uh, they wanted to, the community development officer there, Paul Owen, um, got in contact and said, look, we, we want to do a, a play as a kind of community awareness event. And um, Tim Costello from the Gambling Reform Alliance is, is very keen to be involved and see some action uh, in our area. And so it began with them, the council doing what they called a community call-out, where they wanted um, people to come forward with their stories and, and speak to me. And from there, I would, um, you know, develop a script and, and devise a play and bring them in further by um, having them act it out. And um, it's a very con- that's a very confronting and, and challenging premise. And... They, we had a small response to that, and uh, once I'd kind of started to develop the script and realised that it was going to take six actors, um, the play kind of balanced out in this way that I, I, that I have um, uh, two members of the cast that have kind of lived experience and then four members that are mm. um, pro- professional, professional actors. So it's been this really, really... Uh, great balance between the two. Mm, that sounds like a great balance so that the actors um, can work with people with the, the lived experience in order to, to give a really authentic performance. That's right. So there were, there were um, the, the stories, you know, there are some stories in the play that are direct 
lived experience that I've kind of woven into this script. And, and the play, as you mentioned, is it, set in a, a Bayside hotel, in a hotel where the pokies room is open till 5am. I mean, one of the, the main um, difficulties about all of this is this sort of 5am licence that these mm. hotels have because... We, we all drive past those suburban hotels maybe at nine o'clock at night and they're virtually empty after people have, you know, the bistro's closed. And um, and so they're, they're, they're vacant these days. You know, there's not live music in them. and But somehow there's this one single room mm. that has permission to be open for another eight hours. And this is where so much um, of the problems are stemming from. And also the fact that now... Um, you know the venues know how to stagger the time, so for people that are that are really gambling heavily, there's a pokies room open in Melbourne twenty four seven. You just kind of have to know mm-hmm. where to go. Mm. I was in a pub the other night and um, they had pokies, and I noticed um, just at the entrance where the people go into the machines, they had laid out some snacks. They looked like free snacks, like you might get in a hotel or something. And yeah. and I thought, oh, that's that's awful, isn't it? So for somebody that doesn't want to leave their machine, they can just nip out and get a biscuit, you know, and don't have to, pay, you know, pay out money on a meal or anything. And um, yeah, well, there are, there are lots of these kind of little perks, if you like, in terms mm. of saying we'll we'll make you a, a, a member of the club or this free coffee or, mm. or as you say, and, and you know, it's very apparent that people who do have problems with gambling once they enter that room. They completely lose track of time. Um, you know, once, once a few years back, you know, there were not clocks around um, for people, and mm. that that kind of been rectified to an extent. But it is it is very obvious that that once people with these problems hit that machine, you know, all else kind of goes out the window, and the machine becomes the sole focus, mm-hmm. and time just goes and goes and goes, and suddenly, you know. It's, 3am or 4am. Mm. And you're hungry and there's your snack. They're waiting for you to make sure you don't go home. That's right. That's right. Mm. Um, so just for, just for the um, listener, listeners, the city of Kingston, that takes in suburbs, suburbs from about Clayton South across to Moorabbin, down to Carrum, Patterson Lakes. Yeah, um, it's a large, large area. Mm. Um, and you live in the area yourself. Can can you just take tell us a little bit about how you came to be writing plays about these sort of things? Uh, you look, there's a, there's a number of strands to my playwriting practice. Um, I, I've kind of write biographical works, which are kind of one thing, and, and comedies and dramas. But there's always been this um, community element, and the city of Kingston really for the last decade have been very supportive of theatre. There's two excellent venues in the area, the Kingston Arts Centre in Moorabbin and the Shirley Burke Theatre in Parkdale, mm. which are a combination of, you know, the, the, the local amateur company at Mordialic plus touring shows and um, and other community shows. So there's been a, a really strong focus on theatrical um, entertainment and community-mindedness mm. in the area. I've I think since 2014, I, I did one play called The World Comes to Mordialic, which was working with women who were at Mordialic Neighbourhood House, mm-hmm. who were English as a second language. And then I did a second one of those out in Clorinda, near, near Clayton, with mm-hmm. women um, attempting to learn English. And um, a slightly separate project from the city of Kingston was I did a very large play called The Truth is Longer Than a Lie, um, 
which is a fairly harrowing work about child abuse mm. and family violence. And that was a that was actually a commission from Monash University at uh, Frankston. So th- these projects have kind of gained their own um, momentum, and I'm kind of very interested in taking theatre to places that never get it. Mm-hmm. So, I, for example, when I when we were doing The Truth Is Longer Than a Lie, I took it to a hall in Dingley and I took it to a, another small place in Chelsea. And I'm, I, I really do try to make an attempt to take theatre to places where um, people don't have that sort of natural access. Mm-hmm. To, and um, I was kind of very inspired by a, a number of things in this way, but there was a, there was a book that came out in the late 60s called Towards a, a Poor Theatre, a very well-known English player. Now, David Hare mm-hmm. was involved in and Howard Brenton. And, and there was very much the thing of just having the small van and setting up in hospital spaces and factories um, and community spaces and, and, and doing theatre shows that were about pressing social issues. Mm. And, um, yeah, I'm very interested in that kind of world. Mm. Mm. Um, well, there's a lot of resonance with uh, 3CR. Um, we've got a radiothon on at the moment, and the theme is um, keeping community strong. So um, we're all part of the same project, I think. Yeah, that's right. And look, enough is enough. Um, the, the first two shows um, last year, we did, we did one in Chelsea and one at the Shirley Burke Theatre, and the, there was a very positive reaction to them. And um, you know, there were people that came along that had that had sort of gone through these these worlds and, mm. and people that had come out of it and 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 um, family and friends and then other people that are just that were just in um, you know that are theatre fans and are kind of interested in plays of this ilk mm-hmm. mm. um, and, and getting back to the to the problem gambling do you did it change your understanding of the problem in any way were there any insights for you uh, look there was there was some really interesting background research. I mean, perhaps I didn't realise the extent of money that people can lose. For example, I came across one story from a leagues club out in the far western suburbs of Sydney and St Mary's, and this one woman had duped her company $3.7 million mm. on pokey, through the pokies at this one particular leagues club. Mm. And then one of the one of the debates that then goes on is, well, that money's stolen. Does the club have to pay that money back? And there's, it seems, anyway, that at the moment the club is under no responsibility to pay that money back mm. to the place where it's stolen from. And I found that very, very, very interesting. And I, and I kind of used a little bit of that with one particular character who's got a very good job in the banking industry, um, quite middle class, very respectable in a lot of ways, but has become kind of addicted to phone betting. Mm. He kind of uses the he uses the public bar of the hotel, um, which has all the races going the whole time mm-hmm. as a means to escape. And he uses the pokies, but he's pretty much addicted to his phone and isn't listening to anybody when people are talking to him. Mm. And it gets to the point where he starts to kind of reach into the till at his work, mm-hmm. and uh, mm. that was yeah that that story that storyline was um, uh, kind of yes inspired by that that one 
I read out at uh, the Leagues Club in Western Sydney. Mm. Yeah, that's that's very very serious, isn't it? And and you use the word interesting just to say that you know the, the um, legal system seems to be on the side of the the pokey owners and not on the side of the the addict whose illness has has led them to um, embezzle that amount of money. So, um, what do you think about yeah. that? Is, is, does your play take a, a stand on on the politics of that? Yes. Look, it takes. And I have, a, I have kind of a narrator who kind of comes through with um, sort of a, a small history of how this all came about to be in Victoria. And we have to go back to the early 90s to uh, the Kennett and Kerner governments of that time who, you know, really pushed the pokies through. And I think for a lot of Victorians, um, you know, in, in the 60s, 70s and 80s, we really thought of the pokies in a kind of much more naive and harmless way. Mm. It, it was sort of something where, you know, a group might take a bus across to Moama or somewhere mm. um, and, you know, have a, have a flutter and back they came and that, that, was, that was kind of the world of the pokies. And then, of course, when you went to a big New South Wales Leagues club, you um, well, I didn't anyway. Maybe older people did at that time, but um, I, you know, you'd see a huge you know, leagues club and you think, well, where's the money coming from for that place? Mm. Um, and it was, of course, it was coming from from Pokey's revenue. So, yeah, I kind of weave a sort of an Australian and Victorian history through it, and I kind of talk about that. Um, well, it's not actually a dilemma because it could be kind of straightened out, but that that um, part of the Victorian government, which you know, takes all that revenue mm. out of mm. pockets, you know, and says they put it into particular types of infrastructure. But mm. one of the great the great gripes of, of Tim Costello, which I you know I wholeheartedly agree with, is that you you're not going to find a hundred new poker machines going into Turak or Ivanhoe or mm. Cantwell or you know an affluent mm-hmm. But you will find a hundred new um, you know machines going out to Werribee or um, you know a a more welfare-dependent suburb. Mm. And so there's this terrible imbalance of of the poor getting poorer and um, those suburbs just, you know, suffering, Mm. suffering terribly. And it's pretty disappointing that a Labor government, like Kerner's government, could um, preside over that sort of policy, isn't it? Uh, Look, I I think in the early 90s, it was it was it was just a more naive time about them. Mm. But for example, um, Western Australia might be the kind of the, the the one to go with here because Western Australia only has poker machines in the actual casino, so there's only one uh, point to go to. Mm. Now, if you look fifty k's from there, you might think I I don't I'm not going fifty k's and I'm not going fifty mm. k's. Mm. It could be a it could be a deterrent that that but um, so the Western Australian model is actually I think probably pretty effective just to centralise mm. this um, and not have you know hotel after hotel with these mm. these machines. So that's kind of a, a point that I um, try to make in the play. Mm. Um, very interesting, Kieran. Look, um, we're going to take a break uh, with a song yeah. called. Tell Me Something I Don't Know by Jeff Atchison, live from the St Andrews Pub, 
Now, we don't uh, normally promote pubs on the Living Free Show, but I must say that is a great community pub, um, not dependent on pokies. So um, here's uh, Jeff Atkinson with um, Tell Me Something I Don't Know, live from the St Andrews pub. Got a very beautiful blues song for you. It's called The Same Old Blues. I hope you enjoy this.
You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. From coast to coast, top to bottom, Night Owls on Rhythm brings you the best in Australian blues and roots derived grooves every Tuesday night at 11pm right here on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Happy birthday to you. Let's think about the good times and don't get feeling blue. This is a Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM radio dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can feel, find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also contact us via phone, email or Twitter. Um, before we get back to our discussion of the um, Kieran's play about problem gambling... I would like to remind you all that if you enjoy the Living Free Show, you can show your support by donating to 3CR during this Radiothon week. Only through donations from the community can shows like this and all the other great 3CR programs stay on air. Did you know that it takes $100 to make one hour of radio? If you would like to donate, please go to www.3cr.org.au donate. Uh, We are talking with playwright Kieran Carroll about his play Enough is Enough which explores the effect of problem gambling um, and is set in the uh, municipal area of Kingston um, in a um, pokies room in a venue so uh, welcome back Kieran Thanks Anne Okay so taking us back to the city of Kingston um, what are they hoping to achieve do you think by um, putting the play on Look I think there's a couple of uh, elements of this. I mean, I think there is a push from the local council to kind of regulate the hours of the hotels. And this is a kind of a complex because the venues would certainly fight for um, the longer opening hours in terms of uh, the revenue that the pokies bring in. The state government um, don't seem to be um, curbing this idea and the local council is pushing against both, in a sense, the venues and and the government. So, um, I, I believe the play is a kind of a, a kind of a call for action and and to create kind of greater community awareness about this main problem in mm. the area. Yep, I know they've got an action plan and they're pressuring the state government to make urgent changes. Like I think mm. it's a petition. Uh, to the gaming laws, in particular in relation to poker machines. So I suppose they might hope that people who see the play might be motivated to um, Yes, Yes, and look, look, there's a kind of a a sort of another dangerous element to all of this. There's one story which um, happened at one particular hotel a few years ago where I think there was one security staff on on and just one um, woman behind the bar Mm. At about 2 or 3 a.m., and, you know, the place was held up. Mm. And there were um, still a few 
poke his players in there, but you know, absolutely terrifying for everybody involved. In the, you know, there was there were guns and mm. involved with all of this. And um, I have a, a, one character who's not a gambler, but she's actually exhausted by her work. She works in in the in the hotel, but she also has a second job working in the casino. And um, the Fiona character is kind of this very sort of sympathetic and kind ear to all the other people's mm. problems. But she's also, and she has a very good understanding of gambling and its its ramifications, but she's also sort of thoroughly worn down by it in her attempt to kind of earn enough money to keep, to keep going herself. And there's one point in the play there where, you know, she's getting pressurised to work further hours and, and, you know, the pay's a little bit better after midnight, for example, mm. and she's tossing up whether to go into that world, which is, yeah, much more dangerous than being there during the day when there are more people around. Mm. Mm. So there's more to the problem than just uh, what meets the eye? I, I think so. I think it's those, those it's those hours, too, where there's much more likely to be a, a, a higher criminal element. Mm. And um, yes, and and of course, you know the, the, the places are empty, so it's um, it's an invitation for you know people to um, attempt robberies mm. and things like that. Yep. Um, the city of Kingston, um, on its website, lists the negative consequences of gambling as mm. potentially ranging from momentary feelings of guilt all the way to bankruptcy, and yeah. of course, as well as the financial harm. There's the relationship difficulties, the health problems. Yeah, problems with work, yeah. and as you mentioned, criminal activity as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you want to talk about those as uh, yeah, they play look, out in your play? Yeah, there, there are there are three male characters in it, and um, I mentioned the one before the middle class character who is starting to dip into the till at, at the bank. I have another character who um, whose marriage is on the rock because of gambling and um, he's starting to kind of lie a lot. Um, he's occasionally driving out to go to work but then not showing up at work because mm. the addiction has taken hold so much that he can't um, think of anything else. And so the debts start to pile up, the the relationship breaks up and, and then he really falls down into a world of um, loan sharks and mm. you know taking bigger and bigger loans and with incredibly high interest rates mm. and having to move out of, of where he was where he was living and he had the debt piling and piling up and, and, and the desperation um, growing greater uh, growing greater and greater and the other male character I have is an older man who's a sort of a retiree who wasn't really a gambler in his working life is kind of filling a void, and he's not so much connected to the pokies. He's more connected to um, to horse racing. But the the hotel becomes a refuge, and he, and you know Fiona, the bar character, kind of becomes like a niece. Mm. And you start to realise with some of these the, the two older characters. What there's a woman in the in the play to Jean who's has a pokies addiction. That that bar girl becomes the person that they confide in and, and the person that they see the most out of uh, mm. anybody because often, you know, family falls away and, 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 and friends. Mm. Uh, 
This sounds like a great play, Kieran. I'll just make an announcement to the audience, anyone who's interested, if you'd like to view the play. Uh, the next yeah. performance will take place on Sunday, June the 12th at 2pm at the Oakley Mechanics Hall. Um, that's at a 142 to 144 Drummond Street, Oakley. Um, yeah, and uh, at the show, right. yep, also be guest speakers, afternoon tea and discussion. Yeah, the, 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 this one's supported by Monash Council, who've been very, very good in supporting the play. And, yeah, um, yeah the mayors are opening it, and um, there will be guest speakers, and there's a free afternoon tea. And the whole, the whole uh, afternoon is free, so if, if people did want to come along, um, if, if they just Googled uh, Enough is Enough on Try Booking, you can, mm. you can book in there. Or if you went to my website, kierancarroll.com, there's an there's a um, enough is enough page and people can book there or if if they just want to call me if that's easier and 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 book in for the afternoon. Um, is that okay to give the number out? Sure, absolutely. Dan, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll do this slowly because mobile numbers are so <laughs> long for people. But it's oh four two nine two three five seven five one. I'll I'll just repeat that. Oh four two nine two three five seven five one, and people could just leave leave a message there and um, say how many tickets they they'd like. And um, yeah, the, it all kicks off at two o'clock um, at a very nice, beautiful hall uh, near the library and near the train station mm. there in Oakley. Mm. So there you go, near the train station. That's great um, and yeah, free as short well. Walk. Free, so yeah. Wonderful. And this is one one thing I've tried to keep with this play is. Free, free performances, so people get a very you know, professional production, 70-minute play, and uh, no cost, no cost. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, so um, getting back to the, the play a, a bit um, and the problem of gambling, do, does it focus on the recovery from gambling at all or, do, or is it just yeah. explore the addiction itself? No, look, there, there, there's that recovery component too. So um, one of the characters, the one who has the, the problem at the bank, um, he does seek out help, and I, I did have quite a number of conversations and read quite a lot of literature about the, the counselling processes mm-hmm. um, with local organisations. And um, I, the narrator, kind of doubles as, as, as a counsellor. And uh, yeah, so there there is one one character who who seeks out help and does find uh, the road to recovery through you know counselling sessions and a little bit of support from the outside he places he places kind of quite a bit of um responsibility on a friend he kind of hands over his credit cards and lets a friend look after his finances and Mm. and that's a technique that um i've known to work for people Mm. where um they yeah they they give the credit cards to a a trusted friend or a family member and they say look i can't be near them Mm. uh can you just you know manage my finances for a while mm. yeah. as I rebuild? Um, so another um, statistic from the website there is that a person can experience um, gambling harm not just as a result of their own gambling, but because of someone else's. Um, and they estimate maybe about three hundred thousand people in Victoria are harmed by someone else's gambling. Um, yeah. Do you manage to touch on that a bit, or is that outside the scope of the play? Yeah. So the the character that I mentioned before, who's falling into in with the loan sharks, um, 
there's, a, there's quite a bit about his, his marriage crumbling and just the deception that mm. um, the deception that goes on. The other character, Jean, an, an older woman um, who's had the addiction for a long time, it, it stems from um, uh, 20 years earlier where she loses a son um, via a, um, an incident outside a hotel, one of those common ones where, you know, somebody gets one punch and someone gets, mm-hmm. uh, cracks their head. Um, and there's, there's, a, there's kind of a grieving over that and, and she and the husband at that time absorbs themselves in the pokies and then she kind of winds up in sort of women's shelters and things like that and she comes out of that but the pokies addiction is still strong Mm. and she's continually at this period in the play trying to reconnect with her sister um, who won't have anything to do with her and uh, this is really really kind of upsetting and damaging for her that she can't connect with that you know one Mm. sibling that she has. Well, it sounds like you really have captured the complexity of the situation. Um, we'll take another break now, um, and I'm now going to attempt to play the song that I promised before but somehow managed to play a different one. So uh, this is uh, Jeff Atchison again from the um, St Andrews Hotel, and the song, hopefully this time, is Tell Me Something That I Don't Know. The words of a fool. He bent a man and shaped him into a tower of Jews. Someone tell me something that I don't know. He said, I'll never have lied. He said, I'll never have failed. He was pitching the riders, he was pitching a sail. Someone tell me something that I don't know. Let's see, I'm not what I see. 
3CR Radiothon 2022. 3CR, keep community strong. 3CR Radiothon Fundraiser, June 2022. To donate, call 03-9419-8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2022, keep community strong. Push on a pedal, push on a pedal, get your heart started. Push on a pedal, push it down and up again. Push on a pedal. You have to try very hard not to have fun on a push bike. Yarrabug, a show about bikes. Get on your bike. Riding them. Sit on the seat. Fixing them. Push your feet on the pedal. Loving them. And ride it all around. Mondays, 10 a.m. to 10.30 here on 3CR. Push your feet on the pedals and ride it all around, ride it all around. Welcome back to the Living Free Show on uh, 3CR Digital Radio, live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. And we're talking with Kieran Carroll about his play Enough is Enough, which is going to be on um, this Sunday at Oakley. And we'll give the details uh, more specifically a little bit later on. Uh, Welcome back, Kieran. Are you there? Thanks, Anne. I am. I'm still there. Excellent. (laughs) That's good. Okay, uh, now let me see. Um, talk to me a little bit, if you can, about how it dramatises the struggle with compulsive feelings and, and how you went there with the interaction between the people with lived experience and the people who were actors. Yes, yeah, so there was one um, woman who early on responded to the community call-out and she eventually um, couldn't be in the play because of other commitments, but she was kind of the woman that I based the Fiona character on. And there was a couple of stories of hers that I just thought were, were kind of amazing in the way that gambling affects people across all sort of socio-economic strands of society. And, and the first story she told me was one at the casino where um, and obviously a homeless man had found a $20 note and had brought had, had brought that $20 note into the casino to her blackjack table. And it was obvious that kind of he was, he was homeless to her and he lost that $20 within two minutes. Mm. And so there wasn't that... that She was very, very kind of upset um, telling me this story because of that, that thought that, well, he's found $20, that would, you know, buy some meals, etc. Mm. And there, there it just disappeared out of his fingers in two minutes. Yeah. And the, the other, the, the polar opposite of this was that she told me that, there, that um, in, in this place um, there was this Finnish man who was um, quite a big kind of businessman, obviously, and he would come to Australia for a gambling holiday mm. quite regularly where money didn't seem to be an issue and would just kind of, you know, she said regularly there were a couple of, there were times where you know, he'd lose $50,000. Mm. Um, and it, it obviously didn't, you know, affect him uh, financially. And there's, there's a few kind of gambling jokes that I kind of use throughout the play. And, and one is that, you know, um, what's the best way to, to to start as a gambler? How do you become a millionaire? Well, you've got to start as a billionaire. Mm. 
And, uh, yeah, I use some of these these kind of jokes um, in a way which um, start off giving the, um, the characters in the play quite a laugh at first but become kind of sour and sour as, mm. uh, as time goes on. Mm. Um, and by the end of the play, um, is there a, a sense of hope or redemption? Yeah, so there's so the, one of one of the characters definitely comes out of it. The the, the one character, the the older man who's more addicted to the horse racing, he ends up um, having to have a break because of kind of ill health, and then he's kind of in a um, so, well, I, I suppose what it calls some sort of position in the middle, where he kind of says, "I'm not cured," but. He's definitely been able to kind of tone it down. He's whittling it away mm. very, very kind of, very kind of slowly, and that's partly to do because you know the gambling stresses has brought on um, a stroke, and the doctors told him that that, that, that the gambling stress has created that stroke predominantly. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there, there is, and and um, the the character who Fiona the bar girl. She looks for ways to get out of the industry and kind of help in a more creative way because it, it sort of becomes apparent that she's not a trained counsellor, but she's working like a counsellor mm. half the time too. Mm. Great. Um, so, uh, 3CR is a radio station committed to keeping communities strong. What mm. role do you think drama plays in keeping communities strong? Look, I think it's a really kind of great vehicle for bringing people together in sort of a, you know, warm um, and good-spirited environment. And, um, I mean, I think theatre can be kind of prohibitive cost-wise for a lot of people. Um, I'm, it, it's, it's a very difficult question, this, because theatre costs a lot to make and, and people that are making independent productions, there are... Um, many, many expenses involved. So when you go to see that show, there are a lot of expenses behind the scenes that, that people don't see. So, you know, a lot of theatre makers are just trying to get by themselves and, and make money back on the shows. Mm. At the same time, if, if the ticket prices go so high, then it, um, it closes off that possibility for a lot of people. I mean, through the pandemic, I think Zoom and... Um, you know, video productions have actually been great for people. And I know, you know, at, at La Mama at the moment, since the pandemic and now that they're up and running with all the shows again, they've, they've put in this component of, of a live stream. Um, so each each two-week season of a play is having one live stream. Mm. And that's really great. So for people that, um, you know, can't get to Carlton or um, uh, where it's economically a little bit difficult to pay that, $20 ticket, for example, mm. or $25 ticket, they can watch the live stream for just a few dollars. And it's, look, it's possibly not the same as going to the theatre and being with everybody else, but it's it's a good, safe option. And um, with, the, with COVID still around, and uh, it's a, yeah, and it's a very tricky balance, that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have all the all the answers <laughs> but but certainly certainly you know I feel it always feels good if, if when councils get behind these types of shows and you can can provide 
you know, a free theatre production and give people that opportunity mm. um, to take to take the money side out of it for them. It, it feels good. Yep, yep. Um, look, finally, Kieran, um, yeah. if there is someone listening today who's finding it difficult to cope with their own gambling and they came to your show, um, what might they, what, what would you hope they might see? Um, I did another interview a few days ago and, and the announcer asked me, would, would people who have had gambling problems be traumatised by the play? I don't think so, but I, I, I'm sure it would kind of reiterate certain behaviours that um, they may have gone through or, 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 or they knew people had gone through. Mm. So I suppose it's putting up a, a, a mirror in a way maybe to those people that have gone through these things and to say, oh, I was that person or there's elements of me that are like that person. Uh, you know, yep. from all the with, within the whole framework of the play and the number of characters there are, and I suppose maybe for that person to walk away and think, "Oh, I'm just going. I'll go to counselling. I'll do those things that the play suggests um, in order to acquire help." Mm-hmm. So they're more likely to get identification, I think, than trauma. Yeah, because there is there is a, there is a kind of a um, a clear thread through the play of you know how to kind of find find help yep. and um, yeah you know I, I did a bit quite a quite a bit with gamblers help southern which is the one down my way and um, the process is there mm. okay look thank you Kieran um, I'll just uh, talk about uh, tell the people again if you would like to view the play uh, the next performance will take place on Sunday June the 12th that's this Sunday at 2 p.m at the Oakley Mechanics Hall, 142 Drummond Street, Oakley, just near the station. Uh, the show is free. Uh, there'll be guest speakers, afternoon tea and discussion afterwards about this subject. Um, and uh, as always, uh, uh, listening to Living Free, if you think you may have difficulties with your own gambling and would like to find out about Gamblers Anonymous, then you can phone them in Victoria on 03 or go online at uh, gaaustralia.org.au for more information on uh, recovery from compulsive gambling. Uh, That's all we've got time for today, so I'd like to sincerely thank Kieran again for discussing his play with us. Thank you, Kieran. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, Anne. It was really good to talk about this problem and the play comprehensively Mm. with you. Good. Thank you very much, Kieran. Thank Um, you. I hope you'll be able to join us again next week for our Radiothon show and our special guest Susie from Alcoholics Anonymous. And please donate to 3CR. You'll be supporting community-owned and community-run media free of corporate control. All the information about donating is on the 3CR website or you can just drop into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Uh, The phone number, actually, if you would like to pay pay by phone, is... uh, Nine four one nine eight three seven seven, and that's due uh, during business hours. Uh, coming up next, we have Balanoir, the Spirit of War, hosted by Uncle Taljum Choco Edwards. Join Uncle Choco in the Spirit of War on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. And to take us out, we've got a song called "Don't You Go Walking" by the Divinals.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.